This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. Good morning, Word of Grace. Boy, some people, you aren't quite to that proper coffee level yet. So hang on, let's try that again. Good morning, Word of Grace. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, as you have noticed, because I know you're this perceptive, I'm not up here alone today. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do something just a little bit differently today. Uh, if you're new here, I'm Derek Armstrong. I'm the senior pastor here at Word of Grace. And I have up here two of our staff pastors, uh, Pastor Andy Shanholtz and Pastor Keith Nix. And they're going to help uh, me preach today. And uh, we're just going to talk uh, uh, about some things that God's been doing in our church and things that we've been talking about. And uh, one of the things that we're going to do is at the end of this service, uh, we're going to take up a survey that we want you to fill out. So ushers, if you would go ahead and pass those out. They're going to put these in your hand. You can fill these things out. And at the end of service, we're going to take those up. And so just kind of look at those and, uh, and, and as you can, fill those things out. Um, we try to make it as simple as possible for you to fill out. We're just wanting some feedback from you uh, in some different areas because God has been doing some great things at Word of Grace. Let me tell you guys, over the past few weeks, I have been hearing story after story after story of people coming to knowing Jesus Christ and being gripped by the saving grace of His gospel for the very first time every single week here at this church. That is a powerful thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's just people coming and saying, hey, I've been gripped by the truth of the gospel. I've been gripped by the Holy Spirit for the very first time, or, or maybe someone who felt they were far away from God and, and they were just confronted in a new way, or maybe they had been adhering to religion but didn't understand relationship with the Savior, and they were just like, man, I get it. For the first time, I feel like I just got it, and I understand it, and I'm convicted by it, and it's weighing on my heart. And folks, there is nothing more exciting than that than can happen in the life of a church. Amen? Yeah. It's people coming to the realization of Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior, being the only way, being our hope, being the one that we completely depend on, the one we find our satisfaction in. Man, let me tell you, people's hearts being gripped by the truth of the gospel and the conviction of the gospel is just a weighty thing, and we should never take that for granted, and we should never get bored of it or tired of hearing it. Amen? I mean, this is, this is what this is all about, is spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And we've been talking about uh, how to stand for what we believe in our Contend series. And then previous to that, I did a series on Simple Church, Casting Vision and Direction for the Church. So if you missed any of those, go back and listen to those. Especially if you're new and you're just checking the church out, I would recommend going back and listening to some Simple Church stuff. And and that would be good for you to kind of get an idea of where we're going and what God has called us to do here as a church. And uh, I I just want you to know that we're not just talking about what we're going to do or talking about what God is doing and and, and maybe some things we might do. We have a strategy and a plan that God has given us to be able to make these things actually come about. It's not just a bunch of talk. And we've been praying about this as a staff. We've been talking about these things. We've been strategizing about these things. And that's what we're going to talk about today is kind of how to navigate through the previous things we've talked about, casting vision, and what that looks like for Word of Grace. So if you're taking notes, you can write this title down, GPS, because we're going to talk about loving God, loving people, and serving the world, and what that looks like here in our church family as Word of Grace. 
And I, we're just going to kind of have some dialogue here. We're going to talk about these things, and we're going to give you some of these strategies that the Lord has put on our heart and what he's doing and kind of where we're going, just to give you guys some ideas on that. Um, one of the things that I think we've got to clarify before we move on is what it is that God has called Word of Grace to do. God has called us to be a church that is about the Father's business of making disciples. That's what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 28. That's what he commissioned us to do. He said, go into all the world and make what? Disciples. That's right. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. So we have to identify, okay, what is a disciple? And how do I grow in that? Because oftentimes in church, we can use a lot of really nice, spiritual-sounding language, but really not say a whole lot of anything if we don't understand what we're saying. We can just learn a lot of verbiage, you know, and we can go, oh, that sounds spiritual, that sounds nice, but at the end of the day, what does that even mean? So when we say a disciple, what we mean at Word of Grace is a disciple is a fully devoted follower of Christ that is growing in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. We're growing in those things. It's not like a benchmark that we achieve, and all of a sudden, oh, I'm a disciple, I'm good, I don't need anything. No, we all need to continually grow as disciples. It's a journey. It's a process. It's not something that we all of a sudden have arrived and, and, and look at me on the apex of being a disciple or I'm, the, I'm at the apex of being a Christ follower and look at how amazing, how awesome I am. No, that's, that's the, 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 you're missing the point if you think that's the thing because Jesus said that the first are actually going to be last, right? He said that the last are going to be first. This isn't about some type of corporate ladder that we're trying to climb. Maybe you've grown up with that ideology in your mind concerning church or Jesus or your Christianity. That's not the way it works. Even here at Word of Grace, we even changed the way that we refer to our staff pastors just for that reason. Um, why don't you guys tell the folks a little bit about why we did that? Well, one of the reasons is we want to understand that our differences are, are functional. It's not really a hierarchical. And that, that God has called us to be pastors. And what that looks like, we're all pastors. We're called to serve, to nurture one another. Yes, we have different roles and responsibilities, but that's, that's important for us to right. grow and to be what God has called us to be. But we want to level the playing field and assume that we all are involved in pastoral care. We're all involved in teaching. We're all involved in touching the lives of other people. It's not, we're, we're not building individual silos for our own uh, respective ministries, but that's we right. are trying to work together and strengthen one another, encourage one another, so we can accomplish more for the kingdom of God. Absolutely, and we're completely in unity with that the, idea, too. And the thing is, none of us own anything. Yep, it's, that's it's good. It's not, this is my ministry, this is your ministry. It's, hey, how can I help you? I mean, we serve together. We're, we, we take that family mentality, even in our staff. And, and the thing about disciple is you never reach a point to where you stop growing. You should always be growing. I, I see us all the time being challenged and pushed and growing just as much as we ask everyone to grow. So you never just reach this, this level, this climax that you're, you're at this super Christian all of a sudden. Right. You're, you are always growing. If you are truly following God and seeking his face, you, are, you never reach this level. You truly understand him. And so, I mean, as a human mind, you just can't do that. And yeah, so correct. it's always, you're always seeking God more and more and everything. Absolutely, and that, that makes us, we're, as leaders here in the church, we're, we're not particularly guarded mm -hmm. um, against, you know, or threatened by one another. We have a great relationship, um, and uh, Pastor Stephen included, although <coughs> he's not up here with us uh, speaking today, 
Um, he's just as much part of that team as well. He preached last week. I hope you all enjoyed that. I listened to the message about the gospel. I thought that was a fantastic yes. message. Amen. Um, thought that was a great delivery of kind of what next when it, concerning the gospel and uh, how to grow in those things. And I thought that that was an excellent presentation of that. And so we're all very much in unity. We're all very much connected, and, uh, and, and we want the church to also have that family mentality of being connected, feeling genuine care for one another, and not competing with one another, not trying to out-spiritualize one another. Man, I grew up in a church where everybody was trying to out-spiritual everybody. I mean, I grew up in a church where it was like, if, if you came to church, you were spiritual if you brought a tambourine. Then somebody had to outdo you and bring a tambourine with streamers on it. Because, oh snap, now they got streamers on their tambourine, so what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to paint mine gold and bring streamers on my tambourine, so I'm more spiritual. Or we try to out-spiritualize one another by the language that we use, or the way that we dress, or the way that we carry ourselves. You know, I grew up in a church where the spiritual, you see this right here, that's quotations. The spiritual (laughs) people were the ones that always looked like they had their heads in the cloud. They're the ones that would always walk around. You'd talk to them, oh, don't talk to me right now. I'm just basking in the presence of the Lord. And you couldn't touch them. You couldn't talk to them because their head was up in the cloud all the time. And they always had something spiritual to say. And, and, and you would touch them and just, oh, I'm just too spiritual to even be touched. <laughs> and, and I grew up seeing that stuff. And, and that's not the family of God. That's not church, right? We are all sinners that have been saved by the grace of God, that depend on Him and need Him every day. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you got saved five minutes ago. We all are children of God. There's not some super spiritual hierarchy that we're all trying to climb this corporate ladder that God has. It doesn't exist. That's right. Because apart from Jesus Christ and His grace, all of us are all in the same boat. But because of Jesus Christ and His grace, we can all be in the same family Amen. and in the same Amen. boat. Right. So here's the thing. For us to grow here at Word of Grace as disciples, we have to continually be gripped by the gospel. And I want to read to you here in Romans 10 and verse 13. If you've got your Bible, you can go ahead and go there. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Paul says this. He said that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, well that sounds good, but it doesn't stop there. Verse 14 says, How then are they going to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they going to hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good Things. The good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to share that. We have to tell that. So as we're growing in loving God and what that looks like here at Word of Grace, we want to make sure that we are teaching the truth of the Word of God. We teach through our weekend services, um, through the different classes that we have. We have our Kids on the Move going on. We have 180 on Wednesday night. That's for our teenagers. Uh, we're developing uh, community groups where we're going to teach and do life together. We're developing different Bible studies and things that are going to roll out here very, very soon. Um, we're working on men's ministry right now as well that we're going to roll out soon. These different areas to help us to teach the truth of God's Word because we have to hear the Gospel. We have to hear the truth. And we should never get tired of hearing that truth. 
We have to teach it. Another way that we teach the gospel, another way that we teach doctrine and we teach truth and help to sharpen and grow believers is a way maybe you didn't think of is through our songs. When we sing together corporately, we're actually teaching. We don't just pick songs because we like the tune or because it's kind of catchy. We pick songs that when we sing together as a church family, that we're actually singing things that are reminding us of how great and awesome our God is, that are helping us to, to, to actually be uh, taught true principles of the awesomeness of the work on the cross. Just think about what we're saying today. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain, but he washed me white as snow. You're singing the gospel. Think about what we're singing. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. He's given us new life. We're declaring and decreeing things, but we're also growing in learning doctrine. We're learning this, 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 this stuff that is shaping the foundation of our belief and the way that we live our life. Think about, you know, singing about uh, the fact that, you know, the, the rock won't move and his word is strong. I mean, that's powerful stuff right there that we're singing. We can depend on the word. We can depend on Jesus because he's the solid rock. And we're growing as disciples as we understand how to love God more through our heart being gripped by what he's done more. And this is just one of the ways that we do that here at Word of Grace. We do these things because we're all called to grow. And I believe God wants us to grow as disciples. Amen? Amen? We're not just supposed to get saved, fill out a little card, get a little letter in the mail, and then after that we just come to church and we try to do really good and be a really nice person. Because let me tell you something. If the goal of Christianity is just to try harder to be a nicer person, then what differentiates us between all the other religions of the world? Because guess what? Buddhists teach moralism. Muslims teach moralistic values. All other religions in the world, are, even, even this uh, relativism that's popular in our world that believes truth is relative, they all believe that you should try harder to be nicer to people. So what differentiates Christianity? I'll tell you what differentiates Christianity. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by him. Why? Because a good and holy and just God could not be where sin was. Because he could not be with us sinners. He could not have that fellowship and relationship because our sin was our open blasphemy and rejection of God. And so we had to be punished because of that. But instead of you and me being punished, Jesus came and he took your punishment and my punishment. And that's the good news of the gospel. So now you and I have right standing with God, not because of our good works, but because of Jesus. He has given us His righteousness. Yes. We have been made righteous because of Christ, not because of our works, lest any man should boast. It's by grace that you and I are part of the family of God. Amen? Amen. And we always need to grow in understanding that and grow in our appreciation and our worship and our love of God for that. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and go over to Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Acts 2 and verse 40 says this. It says, With many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. This is talking about Peter, uh, the disciple of Jesus. Peter was preaching. This is after Jesus has already ascended into heaven. And, uh, and Peter is preaching. The church has been formed. And, and he's preaching to them the gospel. He's telling them to repent. He's telling them to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. 
Verse 41. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed together, they had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods. They divided them among all as anyone had need. They continued daily with one another uh, in one accord in the temple, breaking of bread from house to house. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And that's us growing as a church family, growing in fellowship, growing in teaching. Growing in doctrine, growing in numbers, although the goal is not for us to just try to fill seats here at this church. Understand that clearly. These things are a byproduct of what the Lord does when the truth of the gospel is preached. That's right. It's a byproduct of that. And, and, and I think you said something about that. Um, yeah, and, and uh, verse 47, it talks about how the Lord adds daily to the church that which is being saved. And what excites me about that, I've been involved in ministry for over 30-some years. In fact, I've been in ministry longer than these guys have been alive. So it's uh, kind of scary sometimes. But I, I've seen a lot of things, heard a lot of things. But one of the things I have learned is that if you have to use gimmicks and manipulation to get people into church... Then you have to use gimmicks and manipulation to keep people in church. Right. But if you're adhering to church values of uh, preaching the, the Word of God, the Apostles' Doctrine, you're, and you're fellowshipping, breaking bread one with another, doing life together, and, and spending time in prayer one with another, the byproduct of that of in verse 47 is that God adds daily to the church that which is being saved. Now, we're not discounting numbers, okay? We believe that numbers are important because God has a book in the Bible called Numbers. So we know that numbers is important to God, but that shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be on, on preaching the gospel, doing life with one another, praying with one another, and just, and just allowing God to be God. Yep. And so many times we put the cart before the horse, and God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to focus on the church values, and the natural byproduct of that is growth. Yep, and, and that's health, you know. I mean, that's us growing as healthy disciples. Yes. Something healthy is going to grow naturally, and it's going to produce fruit naturally. So we don't look at fruit as a believer, as a checkoff list, That's and right. see how well am I doing. Let me look at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and let me go, hmm, I'm doing good at that one, doing good at that one, and I can gauge my Christianity based off that. That's not how God looks at that's us, right. and that's not, how, that, that, that's not how He wants us to look at our life as believers or as a church. You see, fruit is a natural result of us growing yes. and being healthy. And so that's what we want. We want health in our church and we want disciples to be healthy and growing and disciples produce other disciples sheep beget sheep you know and i believe that that's what uh, will happen uh, as we preach and teach the truth and as we grow as the lord adds to the church daily uh, a church full of growing disciples is healthy that's and the right. food that causes us to grow is the word of god amen amen and so. we're discipling people at word of grace um through teaching pointing them to loving God on every single level. One of the things that's coming up next week is we're starting a brand new series. And I, when I say we, I mean we from every facet of the church in our different ministries that hit different age brackets. And our kids on the move and 180 for our teenagers and then here for us as adults in the main auditorium. One of the things that God has put on my heart for us to do is to go through the book of Romans. So I'm going to teach Romans... One, all the way to the end, and we're going to go through each chapter, and we're going to learn and grow as disciples and lift out of the text what is being said and teach those things. Pastor Keith's going to do the same thing in 180. 
Cassie is going to do the same thing when the kid's on the move. Because what we want to do is we want to do what Ephesians 4 said, that the fivefold ministry is called to do, and that's equip the saints for the work of ministry. Equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's our job as leaders in the churches to equip. Now, I think that the most important ministry you or I will ever have is the ministry of our family. Yes most important ministry that you and I are going to be held accountable for is going to be our family. Because these are the people that God has directly placed in our life that we have influence in. And because of that, we need to take that very seriously. And I want to equip the saints. I want to equip mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, great-grandma, great-grandpa. I want to equip aunts and uncles and teenagers and kids to be able to sit around the table and talk about God. What better way to do that than to hit the adults on the level, uh, the same level, hit the teenagers on, on their level, hit the kids on their level, and now everyone is understanding some things that Paul was talking about in Romans that are very fundamental to our beliefs and understanding grace and understanding the finished work of the cross and understanding identification with Christ right. and understanding how to walk in freedom over sin and things that would want to control us. When we hit that on all those different levels, then all of a sudden mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles have been equipped now to where you may have felt inadequate before to talk about the Bible to your kids. And so you just take them to church and I'll let the church do that. Well, that's good and fine to bring kids to the church for them to hear the truth of God's word, but you have the primary responsibility, not the church. That's right. Mm -hmm. As family, as your immediate family, you have the primary responsibility. Dad, you have primary responsibility. Moms, you have a responsibility there. And that's a weight that is given to us to be priests of our home. Mm -hmm. And so we want to help equip but we want you to do that in, in, in light of understanding the purpose of why we're doing this. Because we're pointing people to loving God. And that's what we're doing. We also want to teach people through uh, to how to love God and grow in Him through the different things we do. I talked about the music. Talked about uh, all the different uh, things that we're going to do with community groups that are coming up very soon. Um, and we want to be intentional. We just don't want to do it just to do it. Because growth is a fruit or result of healthy church and that unity in the church. I believe that Word of Grace is more clear in our direction and more unified. I believe our staff is more unified. I believe that we are just in a great position to do exactly what God has called us to do. And we're going to grow in loving God by growing in our awe of Him and our awe of the gospel. So loving people and serving the world are going to flow naturally out of those things. They're not things that we have to try to produce. They happen naturally. So. That's right. I want to kind of camp back on the verse 44 and 45 of Acts chapter 2. It says, now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Just a little background on this passage. It's not teaching communal living. At this time when Peter had preached the gospel, 3,000 people came to know the Lord, which meant that they left their prior, their prior religion of Judaism. And in Judaism, anytime you left Judaism to become a Christian, the family members would actually have a funeral for you. And they, dis they disowned you. You were, you were dead to them. And, and so they were totally ostracized. So they came together in order for survival and to do life together. They brought all of their goods together and began to share one with another. And as they did that, it, it began, they began to do life together, begin to love each other, begin to pray for each other, to encourage each other. They just did life together. In fact, in John 13, verse 35, it says that our love for one another is proof to all the world that we are Jesus' disciples. And nothing will attract people to a church quicker than a visible display of Jesus' love one for another. Mm -hmm. 
And, right. and I'm not talking about a Hollywood type of love. I'm talking about love that's defined as the value that we place on a person independent of their ability to meet our needs. Again, that is love is our value that we place on another person independent of their ability to meet our needs. We love them because Jesus first loved us. And Jesus didn't see any good in me that would entice him or motivate him to love me. The Bible says, while I was yet a sinner, Jesus died for me. He loved me. And we are to have that type of love for others. You know, part of loving one another also is helping to carry one another's burdens. Well, we can't do that unless we get to know each other. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that this here was a time of crisis. And isn't it interesting that it seems like it always takes a crisis to drive people together. Remember 9-11, how we all rallied together. We turned on all the country music songs and we listened to uh, Toby Keith and, uh, and Alan Jackson singing about all these good songs about patriotism, how much we love one another. But people were hugging each other. People were going to church and they were praying. But, you know, we just don't want to celebrate the time of crisis together, but right. we want to celebrate victories as well. That's right. You know, I said last night as uh, you know how when Pastor Stephen finally got Katie to say yes to him after several t- attempts, um, he began to he began to tell everybody about this. He began to contact people on Facebook and calling people, and even if he got wrong numbers, he began to say, "You need to see who my girl is that I'm going to marry." He's, we were celebrating those victories with him as well, and we need to do that as also. Galatians 6.2 says we are to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. And James tells us that how we do that, the royal law in James chapter 2, verse 8, and fulfilling the law is, is that, we, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm-hmm. One of the things I have found in my journey is that many times we don't even like ourselves. And we want to provide some resources that will help us to deal with some of the wounds of our past that prevent us from loving, loving effectively and loving the way Christ wants us to love. Because, you see, if we're wounded, we begin to give and receive love as a child. It's, it's very selfish-oriented. It's very self-gratifying. And also, we, we are incapable of serving because the world revolves around us. Yeah. And so we want to bring some resources, not a program. I'm so sick of programs, aren't you? Yeah. You know, programs, God has called us to, to utilize the Word of God. That's right. Take His Word. That's what we need is His Word. And we take the resources and tools that he's provided us to help us to bring wholeness and healing in our body. One of the things, I love what Pastor Derek had shared here several months ago, how the church is not a hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just think about it. If everybody, if, if everybody is, is sick, going out and bringing sick people in, then everybody dies together. So nobody get no. So when we need healthy people. You know, I like right. the, the flight attendants always say that. You know, if that oxygen mask drops, you know, remain calm. I don't know how they do that, but remain calm. Put it on yourself first before assisting others around you, which says you got to be healthy first before trying to assist others. So we want to bring some resources that's going to get us healthy. Um, you know, life is tough, and so we need others in in the kingdom to help us in our journey to be, reach our full potential in Christ. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, if you have your Bible, turn to that. Ephesians 4, verses 15 through 16. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. He says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You know, and that's what we have. We all have roles. We all have functions. We need each other. 
you know, the spiritual growth is a result of interdependence, not independence. We need to realize that I need you, you need me. And we help each other to grow in the good times and also the bad times. Mm-hmm. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to love people? How are we going to accomplish loving people here at Word of Grace? Well, the first way we want to do is through the area avenue of prayer. Everything we do is birthed through prayer. And I would like to invite you, if you haven't had an opportunity, to visit the Oasis Room, the room on this far side of the building. It's a room that we have dedicated to spending time in prayer. Also, if you want to just have alone time, bring your Bible and just get alone with God and allow God to speak to you. We're going to have Bible studies in there. If you're interested in prayer or prayer ministry, I'm looking for people that would assist me in touching people's lives of intercessory prayer, altar ministry. I like to do some training. I've written some curriculum to train people how to pray and minister effectively to people. And if you're interested, take out a connect card. Just write your name on their prayer. And, and then when we pick up the surveys, hand that to an usher as well. And I would contact you and just to en- enlist your support of prayer ministry. Another area we want to do in, in helping love people is an avenue of community groups. Community groups is where we build lasting relationships together. We bear one another's burdens, we build each other up in love, and we stand together in difficult times. Pastor Keith and I have been working on this for, yeah, for quite a while. Let me while. say something about that. And, and the thing about community groups, I know Pastor Derek has talked about this a, a little bit. He's kind of hit on it and said it's going to be a big part of our church and everything. I, I want you to know that community groups has been something that has been prayerfully thought through and, yep. and has much had been much prayer and time and thought put into. Actually, me and Pastor Derek sat down over a year ago in your home office, Mm -hmm. and and we're just talking about our church and just talking about all of us getting healthy and and doing life together more, and we begin to have talk about this idea of community groups, which are where we met in each other's homes and in different places throughout the week, not just on the weekend, Mm -hmm. to where it was, it became in our mind that church was more about than just us coming together on a weekend. And it wasn't just... It wasn't just because we saw some other church do it or we thought, oh, that's cool. Let's do what they're doing. Um, you know, we're not just trying to copy or model what someone else is doing. This is something God has put in our heart. Um, and we've been doing a lot of research. And that's one of the benefits of yeah. Pastor Andy that he brought to the table we didn't even know. Yeah, and actually Pastor Andy, um, Pastor Eric told me, he said, hey, I want you to meet Andy Shanholtz. And I said, okay, who's that guy? That was, <laughs> and, about, that was about, what, a year, year and a half before he even came on staff? Well, that was about, it was about eight months ago. Oh, yeah, that well, we never probably mind. sat down. I have terrible time yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> um, But about eight months ago, he said, I want you to sit down with Andy Shannon. I said, okay. I said, who is he? He said, well, he's the guy who goes to our church. I said, I've never met him before. And so um, we sat down and had coffee one morning. We just began to share each other's hearts. And uh, I began to talk about community groups to him. And he said, well, I used to, to run. I used to be over small groups at our church. He said, um, where I used to be at. And I said, oh, okay. And I, and I told him about this idea that we had. And he's like, Man, he said, I have been searching for a long time for a church who had a heart to do it that way and to, to do that. So Exactly. You know, and what was so frustrating for me, I, I oversaw small group ministries for over 10 years. So one of the reasons that I have some credibility is I know what doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> we've, done, we've done a lot of different things. But one of the things that we want to do is really uh, make small groups organic. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want it to try and think, we want it to be natural. We want relationships to happen naturally. It's like, it's like me inviting you over to my house and let's sit around the kitchen table. We have coffee and we just begin to talk and dialogue. It's not like 
something corny where you're kind of sitting around in circles here and, and you got a sheet of paper and we're going to do an icebreaker. Yeah, yeah. I want you to tell me about a time in your life, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's not normal. We don't do that when we have life together. We don't talk that way. We don't act that way. We want to get together and just be as normal and natural as we possibly can. Some, that may be a struggle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> be as normal as you possibly can. Define normal. As, as you possibly can. <laughs> so we want to get together and just do life together. And, and, and you know, we find that when, when you allow things to be orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, you're sharing your heart. You know, you may say, I'm struggling in this area. You know, have you ever experienced something like this? Or what would you suggest? Or could you just pray with me? Something like that that is normal. It feels right. Instead of trying to orchestrate and manipulate cookie-cutter groups where everybody's trying to do the same thing, and, 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 and it just doesn't work. I've done it for over 10 years, and you just cannot manufacture and manipulate relationships to occur. And, in fact, you start finding people finding reasons why not to go because it's uncomfortable, it's, it's normal, it's unnormal, and it, just, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that we want to do uh, after I left the uh, pastoral ministry for a season uh, I, went in, I oversaw a parachurch ministry called Freedom Life Skills. And Freedom Life Skills was a, a very exciting ministry. It, it was a ministry that brought healing and wholeness to my own life. It's, it's a ministry that helps us to recognize the wounds of our past that cause us to live reactively. Sometimes we say and do things. We don't know why we say or do it, but it gets us into trouble. But it took us on a journey to, to understand the correlation between the pain of our past and, and our behavior today, how, that, how that's connected and then things we learn how to understand, we can do something about. It's the things we don't understand that drive us crazy. So we here at Word of Grace want to bring or introduce a program that's very similar. Again, not the word program. I like to use the word resource. Uh, a resource that's going to help us to deal with that. And we're going to look, introduce that probably in fall, sometime in October, another organization, a ministry that will help us to do that. Because a lot of times we, just, we, we still behave like children sometimes in our, in our ability to resolve conflict. We're doing name-calling, blame-shifting. We get quiet, pouty, slam doors, slam cabinets, and, and we just don't talk to one another. Well, that's how children resolve conflict. And, and we have found in our research that married couples that 95% of the conflict that they have in marriage is unresolved issues dating back to the ages of 8 and 9 years of age. That's how they resolve conflict. So we want to bring a, a tool that's going to help us. Another thing about children, children don't like to serve. Yeah. They're very selfish. Right. Oh, they'll help. You ever, you, ever see, you ever give a child a task, they come, they're all excited about it for about two minutes? <laughs> all the time. They're on to something else. <laughs> you know? But that's because that's, that's normal for a child, but it's not normal for an adult. Yeah. So it tells us that we are frozen in our emotional development, and we want to help bring healing to that. And Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You know that neuroscience has shown that it takes three years to rewire the brain. That's a renewing of the mind. It takes three years. And that's where our new belief systems and habits begin to rewire itself around our old belief systems. And that becomes our dominant, thus becoming our gyro for decision-making and our responses. I find it very interesting that Jesus traveled with his disciples for three years. Isn't that interesting? He walked with his disciples for three years. I think there was something to that. But I think that we as ministers in the past have done a disservice that we have not walked with our disciples long enough. We've gotten them saved. We check a box. We get them into this program. We send them into this program. And the problem is we don't hold them accountable and we don't encourage them. We don't do life with people. And, and as a result, they're not growing. 
and, but we're, we're going to challenge ourselves to do life with you. And because we believe that healthy believers will reproduce themselves, and then healthy believers are excited about serving. One of the things that I like about what we're talking about bringing to the table, the thing that got me most excited um, as we've been kind of developing all that stuff and, and talking about different resources that we were going to utilize was um, that uh, the, the guy that we met with, Mike, uh, Jewel, he said that he's more interested in changing beliefs yes. and the core beliefs of why we do what we do. And he said he's trying to, you know, uh, he's done a lot of research and a lot of different things that kind of couple with a lot of the things that you have gone through as well with Freedom Life Skills and things that complement exactly. that to help rewire beliefs. So, so it's, not, it's not just trying to change behavior because we don't need another behavior modification type That's teaching or resource because if we don't change the heart, we don't change our core beliefs, you know, you, you can't just deal with the external. Exactly. You've got to deal with the internal. You have to deal with the core, and that's, the, that's what we have to do. And, and the way you get to the core, it sometimes it takes away, peeling away layers, because we've created this pseudo-personality or, or this light that's a facade. In other words, I will be what you expect me to be. Right. I could be one thing at work, one thing at home, one thing at school or wherever, but the real me is, is sometimes is hidden because of self-preservation. We're so wounded, we're so hurt because of, uh, of lack of acceptance, because of rejection, that we, we're looking for ways to be accepted now. So what we want to do is learn how to peel away these layers so the real you can come forth and be the person that God created you to be. And that comes through changing our belief system and rewiring our brain through the Word of God. So in other words, onions have layers, ogres have layers. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Uh, and, and the biggest thing that we're talking about... Just everything is making sure that we're doing everything that we can to make sure every, every one of us is as healthy as we can be. That's right. The healthiest Christians we can be is because we want to reproduce being disciples of Jesus and doing exactly what he said. And if we turn to the book of Acts um, in the sixth chapter, I want to read something here um, just about the early church and how it operated um, because... We need to realize how we operate as a church and how we do things. And it said this, and now in those days when the number of disciples was being multiplied, this wasn't just people being um, brought to knowing Christ. It wasn't just new believers. These were disciples being multiplied. These were people who had come to a, a realization of who they were in Christ. Mm-hmm. And not only did they know that, but they were going and getting others. And they were preaching the gospel themselves. And so we, we can see that the church is healthy here in the book of Acts. And it says this, there arose a complaint. There arose a complaint. I know that we never have any complaints here, in our no. church, nope. ever. I know Other you've never churches. been a part of a church that has any complaints. And so, even in this, we have our first complaint of the church. We have a complaint arose, brought to the people. People are starting to complain. Satan always wants to drive something in there, throw some kind yeah, of wrench true. in something. He is always trying to disturb <laughs> But I want us to see how the church reacts. It says, There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenistics because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So you have the twelve disciples coming, the twelve apostles going, Listen, we're not going to come and serve all these people. We need to stay in God's word. We need to continue to pray for you. What? You mean you're not going to serve alongside? What do you even mean by that? I mean, there were people that would get upset at that in nowadays culture if they said something like that. 
And the thing is, is what they realized was as the pastors, as the leaders, as the shepherds, they needed to be praying for their souls. They needed to be in intercession to God. They needed to be looking in God's word, leading and guiding. And so, I mean, the church was exploding. There were thousands and thousands of people being added and something had to change. That's the reason the complaint arose because there was change happening. And it says this, it says, um, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. We're not going to be lazy, is what he's saying here. We're going to continually pray for you and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. It pleased everybody. They're like, this is a great idea. They weren't asking something extra out of the apostles. They were going, we realize we need to step up and do some things here. And it goes on to name everybody. I'm not going to read everybody's name. It says, then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied Mm -hmm. greatly in Jerusalem. Once again, we see a healthy church multiplying again with disciples, continuing to further the gospel. It said the word of God spread. Exactly. The word of God spread and disciples were being multiplied. It wasn't just new believers. Disciples Mm -hmm. were being multiplied. The family, the church takes care of itself and does not let obstacles throw it off track. That's the thing we need to realize. A healthy family, a healthy church doesn't allow little things, little nitpick things to throw it off track. We don't allow um, things to divide us. Little nitpick things that would arise. There are going to be nitpick things that arise in church. Because we are all different people. We all have different ideas. But the thing is, what are we as a family trying to accomplish? Are we keeping the end goal in mind? The big goal in mind? What is our big goal? That is for us to grow together as disciples. And not only do that, but see others come to Him. And to know Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. If we keep that goal in mind, always at the forefront... All the little stuff, it just goes away because you trust your leadership. You trust your pastors. You say, as long as we're keeping this goal in mind, we trust you. That's right. And that's all that we seek because we seek to pray for you, every one of you, to, to be there in the gap for you, to be there for you. And, and that's what we truly have that burden on us. Yeah. And purpose outweighs problems, you know. Always. I mean, when, when we're on purpose... And uh, we're focused on purpose, and we've got that laser-like focus on what God has called and ordained us to do as a church family, not just as individuals, but as a church family, what we're all called to do and how we each have that part to play. When we focus on that, it, that purpose trumps all that other stuff yes. that may try to come up and Satan yeah. may try to use to drive wedges or whatever he yeah. does. The thing is, a healthy family always, always looks at obstacles as a way to improve, strengthen, and grow itself. That's right. They don't look at conflict as a way that, that it tears them down. They always look at it as how do we improve ourselves, how do we strengthen ourselves, and how are we going to continue to grow out of this? Because the thing that was causing this problem in the church, in the book of Acts, was there was just more people being added. Mm-hmm. And that's why the problem arose. Logistics. There was just logistics <laughs> that arose. And as our church grows, we've seen it before. As our church grows, things have to change. We go into almost panic mode because there's so many more people that we have to take care of as a church family. And it's like, oh, we've got to change this. We've got to change the way we operate. We've got to change the way we do this. There's just logistics go into it. Um, the thing is we need to realize is that we all play a part. 
We are part of something much bigger than just us or this building. We're a family. That's right. We're a part of the same body, the same body of Christ. We find this in 1 Corinthians 12 and, 12 and 12. It says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For in fact the body is not one member, but it's many. We're not just one member. Mm-hmm. We're many. Jesus said, hey, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say just, hey, you, you 12, you just go do this. He goes, you need to continue to reproduce yourself. Reproduce yourself always. And we all play a part in reproducing that. When people walk through the doors of Word of Grace or into a, a Word of Grace community group, when they walk into, walk into your home, if you're, if you're a leader doing this, what should it feel like? What should it feel like? They should feel love and acceptance above all because that's what people are searching for. We have the only true form of love and acceptance to give them, and that is Jesus Christ. We are all called to be representatives of him. Think about that. If you're a, if you're a group leader in a community group and you invite someone into your home, you're being a representative of Christ. You're there to love on people. When we're an usher at the door, we're there to love on people. When we're serving coffee, we're there to love on people. When we're in the kids' ministry, we're there to love kids and show them who Jesus is. We're introducing them to the very foundations of who Jesus is. That's a huge responsibility. It's not something that's taken lightly at all. Every part of everything that we do, even whether it's on a weekend, whether it's during the week, it all plays a massive role in being that representative of Christ, being that mirror almost of who Christ is and showing others. We show our love um, for our family by serving alongside our family members to share the responsibilities of the house. Now, I don't know about your household, but in my household, one person doesn't do everything. If I let my wife do everything, I promise you, I will hear about it. <laughs> yeah, some of you guys are laughing because you know what I mean. We share the responsibility in our house. That's the way our house operates. Well, there's men's work and there's women's work. Sure. <laughs> You go ahead ahead and say that. I learned that when I got married. My wife was like, that's a man's job. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, well. But we all all share. We all share the work. Amen. Yes, amen. 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 If you're not, guys, do it. It's a good thing. Um, But let's just look at, at Word of Grace. Let's look at our house the way we operate. What does it take um, to operate our house? And, and Pastor Derek gave me a little um, thing he wanted me to do with just our church, kind of a little survey he wanted me to do as far as looking at how we operate. What does it take to operate our church? And I just took the weekend. What does it take to operate as far as volunteers on the weekend? It takes us over 300 man hours to operate all of our volunteer positions on a weekend. 300 hours. Com- uh, combined from different people. That's a lot. I, I, I was kind of floored by that. It was 300 hours that it takes, volunteer hours, to run everything that we do. Now, I, I didn't take in um, our worship team. Our worship team volunteers probably 12 hours a week, um, every week. Randy plays every week on the drums, and he does an awesome job. But that's about 12 hours of his life every week that he, that he takes to do that. And, and, yeah, exactly. 
I mean, we have some people that just go above and beyond, and yeah. they, they love to serve. They absolutely <clears throat> love it. It's their life, and they, they enjoy it so much. Um, but here's the thing. It takes 75 people a weekend if nobody overlaps. Nobody does multiple jobs, which we have people doing that right now. But it takes 75 people a weekend to make a weekend go off without any holes going on. It takes 75 people. That, that leads to 300 people in a month if everyone just serves one time in a month. It takes 300 people. Now, the thing that we can't take into, I mean, we're a church of close to four or 500 people, but the thing we can't take into account is our kids. Our kids take up 25% of us. 25% of our church What's a kid? is made up of kids. And our kids, as far as our kids, is fifth grade below. Now, I'm not talking about our teenagers. I'm not talking about anybody sixth grade up. Our kids, I'm talking about, is fifth grade below. It makes up 25% of our church. And that's great for the future. Um, that's great that we have a lot of young families. And it, and it speaks volumes um, to me as us as a family growing together. Mm. The thing is, is our kids department needs people to be in there to love on those kids and we all need to be um willing to do whatever it takes to to serve them in those aspects um and here's the thing that we need to realize is that we all should be playing a part we all should be playing a part there's some of you that you guys don't volunteer and some of you say i don't have time at all i get being busy i understand being busy i get that you know, the average person in America, though, has five volunteer hours a week. The average person has around five volunteer hours that is not, um, has to do anything with their work, has anything to do with the taking care of their family. They have about five hours that they can volunteer. I think it's about 20 hours in a month. I'm not asking for much. I'm just asking for two. And the thing is, a lot of our volunteer positions, you still get to go and be in service. You still get to hear the word. And a lot of our kids' department, some of you are like, I can't teach, okay? I'm scared to death to teach. But you can take care of someone. You can be there and do crafts with them. We're not asking you to teach. We just need helpers. How many people do we have serving right now? We have about 125 people serving right now in our church, which is really good. That's about 42% okay. of, our, of our church mm-hmm. adults that serve, about 42%. So that's, that's good, but we should be working at 100%. And a lot of those are overlapping people too. A lot of those, a lot of those people overlap. Around thirty-five people um, do over, more overlap. Do multiple. Um, uh, do the the majority. The, do the the big bulk of the the work. And I and I am so thankful for those people. But the thing is, is those people a lot of times, if you just allow them to continue in that, you'll burn a good person, and you'll hurt a good person, and they will just overwork themselves doing something that they deem is, so, is good, and it is good. The thing is, is they get so wrapped up in serving, and they forget to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some people, we have to tell them every once in a while. Shower. Like, hey, there's the deal. Brush your teeth. Go shower, brush your teeth. <laughs> go take a nap. And Stop running off of Red Bull. Go on a date with your wife. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> yeah. um, they're here all the time, and you have to tell them, listen, you got, you got to go. You know, you need to go do something fun. Um, but the thing is, we should all be playing a part because that's what Christ compels us to do. Christ compels you to want to serve. Right. Christ compels you to want to give. 
The thing is, book of Acts, Christ compelled them. The overall goal compelled them to say, you know what? Let's figure this thing out. Let's take on some responsibility for ourselves and make this thing keep going because we want to see Christ be glorified. We want to see the gospel go forth. We want to see more people saved, brought into the kingdom of God. And as a family here at Word of Grace, we should serve. Um, when we serve, we should keep five things at the core of our beliefs. And I highly recommend writing these things down. Number one, we lead the way in loving people selflessly. We lead the way in loving people selflessly. In other words, we put others first. We think of their needs before ours. And we will sacrifice our time, energy, and resources to serve them so that God may be glorified. Right. Not so that we may be glorified, but so that God may be glorified. That's right. You know, you don't know how big of a deal it is to be a person standing at the door and shaking someone's hand and smiling and saying, how are you today? And engaging in one small conversation of how welcoming that is to someone who maybe is new or even just someone that comes every week. Just being there to shake that hand makes such a huge difference. We serve selflessly. Number two, we're a family that's built on honor. We're a family that's built on honor. We do not let personal preference keep us from serving people who are older, younger, or from a different background than us. We treat everyone like they are family. We treat everyone like they're family. We treat everyone the same no matter their age, their background, no matter what, we treat everybody the same. And yeah, let me just interject there, Pastor Keith. Uh, one of the things that I see about that, you know, I, I've been a part of a, a larger church and, uh, over the years, and, and you know, I've seen they take these demographic surveys. You know, they want to target a certain market of people, a certain age group or whatever. But, you know, the trouble is I don't see that in the Word of God. I don't see Jesus taking a demographic survey just to target a certain group of people because it looks good or feels good or you're more comfortable with that. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. That's right. And, and that's what we are here for. We are here to seek and save the lost and also to help believers reach their full potential in serving Christ as well. So I'm excited about the direction we are going as a church family and not just targeting one group of people because it makes us look good. Yeah. Yeah, a healthy group of people is made up of different age dynamics because yes. we all need that different wisdom or, or need those different things from each other. Well, you know, a good example is that when Jesus called his 12. Here he had Matthew, a tax collector, okay? A Matthew, a tax collector who worked for the Roman gov- government, was considered a scum of the earth, basically. And yet, Jesus also called Simon the Zealot, whose mission in life was to kill anyone associated with the Roman government. Can you imagine Jesus putting those two together in a tent to sleep at night? They're <laughs> just like, it's not a backslide. Uh. <laughs> but God, the point is God uses different people from different walks of life, different age groups, and different belief systems, different value systems to further the work of his kingdom. I think God knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number three, we believe responsibility is a team sport. Um, we never say that's not my job or no one ever told me to do that. Everyone picks up trash, cleans up their area, answers questions, and looks for opportunities to make Word of Grace a better place. Serving well is everyone's job. I mean, if you see the craziness going on outside when you drove up today, <laughs> there was a, there's a large group of people out there. They got here early. They got here very early. They beat us here. Um, they're setting up for the, the quarter carnival, and they all, have, they all have one goal in mind. They're not just one person out there setting up. It's multiple people doing different things to get the job done. If one person was out there, oh. I feel sorry. 
But it's, it's a team thing. It's not just about the name on the back of the jersey. It's the name on the front. It's the name on the front of the jersey. It's not about whoever, whoever is promoting themselves. We're not here to promote ourselves. It's not about Pastor Derek. It's not about Pastor Andy. It's not about Pastor Keith. It's not about Pastor Stephen. We don't have these <clears throat> ministries that we are over. We're here for Word of Grace. We're here for our church. We're here for our church family. We're That's here right. for the gospel to go forth and for people to know who Christ is yep. and share that love. Number four, we are Word of Grace. We know that nothing alive stays the same forever. Look at yourself. Are you the same as you were when you were 10? 15? That'd be creepy. That'd be weird, right? They need, they need life skills. They yeah, would. exactly. <laughs> we, we, we change. We evolve. Nothing that's alive stays the same forever. Nothing that's alive stays the same forever. If we're a church that's alive, guess what? Things are going to be changing. And I believe we are a church that's alive. Amen. That's we, the reason we have so many things changing. Because we are a live church. We're not a dead church. Everybody. Yes. We're all breathing in here. <laughs> Pulse check. We're still cold. Yeah. But there are things that are always changing, always evolving. And the reason things change is because we're looking at the bigger goal. Yeah. And that is to see people come to Jesus Christ, to know him, to see disciples made. Number five, last one. Uh, it's not about me. Jesus created the church, not me church. So we, don't serve, we do not serve for our benefit, but for the benefit of others so that Jesus Christ may be glorified. And the thing is, when we serve a lot of times, when it's not about us and we're serving, something always happens where we ended up getting, being benefited. Something always happens. Even when I, I love going in there and teaching the little kids and kids on the move. And whenever I, I spent a few weeks out of there after I'd been teaching there for a while... And I had one little kid come up and be like, Pastor Keith, when are you going to come back in there? I love it when you teach. And I was like, I never even knew you'd listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. And it really meant something to me that a little kid would say something like that. And it's just always the little things that bless you whenever you're serving. It's the relationships that you get whenever you're serving alongside someone. You get in such great conversations with people when you're sitting there serving alongside them. Thing is, no matter our age, race, height, weight, shoe size, we all have been given a gift. The opportunity of being a part of a family, the body of Christ. We protect and nurture that gift by, being, by bringing glory to Him. Yeah. When we serve, worship, and grow alongside our church family members, we glorify Jesus Christ and become His disciples. When the body takes care of itself, it stays healthy. And, has new, and when as new ideas come, as new desires come, it is not put under stress because it is healthy and able to handle new exciting things. Health brings about growth. Yep, Health sure. is always going to bring about growth. And here, here's the thing. We believe that God has a calling for this church. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. I believe God has a calling for word of grace that is bigger than any one individual. So it's not about any one individual. And I want you to understand something. We believe that this is the right time and that you are here for a reason. And it's not simply to attend another church to learn how to be a nicer person or to learn how to do life better to where Jesus can be sprinkled on our life and somehow enhance our life that we had before and we're just looking for some type of moralistic teaching to help us be nicer to one another. You can get that anywhere. You can get that in secularism. You can get that in all other religions. 
We believe that you're here for more than just to learn how to be a nicer person. We believe that you're here because God wants you to grow with a solid church family. You are here because God wants you to grow in your love and your dependence upon His grace and not on your works and not on yourself. We believe you're here because God wants you to find freedom and healing from your past and your wounds and the junk that life has dealt you. We believe that you're here because God wants you to be sharpened and for you to also sharpen other believers in the process in this family through relationship. We believe you are here because God has called you to serve in something bigger than yourself. That's right. This Amen. is not about us. This is about His glory. The chief end of man is that we were created for His glory. Amen. That's why we are here. That's why we were made for the glory of God. And we bring glory to God, not through just trying really hard to do all of these things, but by allowing our hearts to be gripped by His gospel and His grace and His love and His mercy. And it causes us to serve. It causes us to worship. It causes us to want to do life together, to grow together. It drives us to do these things to where it doesn't become a command, but yet it becomes a response. Yes. It becomes truly fruit. And that's what we've been talking about today. I hope that that's gripped your heart. I hope that you've gotten that. I hope that you understand that. I hope that it's excited you because we're going to begin to do some things here at Word of Grace that I believe are going to help move us forward in the direction that God has called us to. And I want you to pray about how you can be a part. What is your role in this family? What is your role? What, what has God called you to do? How can you help that vision move forward? Because we're committed to this purpose. And it's bigger than any one individual. We're not here just like Jesus said. I, Son of man did not come to be served, but he came to serve. How crazy is that, that Jesus would say that? If anyone deserved to be served while they were here on this earth, it'd be Jesus, right? I mean, just think about how we would react if some famous celebrity came into our, our church or someone that was really popular or someone that uh, was, was a mover and shaker in the world. Oh, we would pull out all the stops. We would make sure all the chairs were arranged just a certain way. We would make sure that everything was clean. All the little pieces of paper were picked up. Everything. Why? Because someone important is coming because we want to make sure they're served well. Jesus said, I deserve that more than any other human who has walked the face of the earth, but I didn't come for that. I didn't come to, for you to carry me on your shoulders and parade me. I actually came to serve you. And Jesus said that a disciple, a servant, is not above his master. He said, what you've seen me do, do to one another. That's when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. He said, do that to one another. That's what you and I are called to do, to serve one another, to grow with one another in relationship. And we want to facilitate that here at Word of Grace. We want to try to structure around that. And so we're going to be rolling these things out in the fall, all these things that we've been talking about. And we need more volunteers to be able to make all of these things happen as well. So we're going to have volunteer apps out at guest services if you feel like you want to go out there and respond to that. If you want to think about it, pray about it, take it home, whatever, you can also fill out that stuff online. I'm having the next move class here at 1230 today, and I'm going to provide lunch. And I'm also going to have child care. And the next move class is a class that uh, is basically our membership class here at Word of Grace. So maybe you're just curious. You want to come check it out, 1230 today. So that's before I go in the dunk tank. (laughs) So you can dunk Pastor Andy and Pastor Keith while I'm teaching the next move class. And uh, I'll I'll climb in there eventually, um, but it'll be after the class. So I I want you to get plugged in. I want you to get connected. Not because we've told you all the reasons that you should, but because your heart has been gripped 
And you're like, this is what I want to be a part of. This is what I feel that, that I want to be a part of something that matters, that's, that's making a difference, that's accomplishing kingdom purposes, something that's bigger than any one individual. And that's what I want us to do here today. So before we go, would you bow your head? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.